Good day, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Insights Nature versus Nurture, where we discuss relevant topics pertaining to nutrition and lifestyle. Sit back, relax, and prepare to have your perspectives broadened. All right. So this episode is labeled taboo. The reason for that is um, some of the things that I'm going to be discussing. Now, the point of insight is to broaden perspectives, is to raise awareness, is not to give definitive answers, is not to tell people that this is right and that is wrong, this is what you do, this is what you don't do. It's about laying all the cards on the table so that you're able to make the best decision that you can based on the information provided. Now, in my opinion, half of a truth is a full lie. Okay, being only informed of one side of the situation or one side or one opinion uh, to me is not is is not benefiting us. And, you know, throughout the recent history and um, events taking place, whether you're looking at climate or health, we really need to dig our heads out of our asses and start to pay attention on what's on both sides of the mirror here. Okay, Um, you know, science is fantastic. But it can only get us so far, right? Um, I have a saying that I often use when I do my speak uh, speaking is information and science has never really changed anything without the application, okay? And it's the application that's that's derived from passion. It's the understanding and knowing where the science fits and what science um, is pertinent to the situation, okay? So... I know that sounds a little bit confusing, but really when you when you look at it from a broader lens, it's not. It's understanding that there was just as much science with what we had available to us that determined that we were the only uh, planet in the solar system, that the sun revolved around the earth. Like These were things that were common belief, right? And they were mistaken as fact. And Even today with the practices, you know, every time I flick on any type of portable device or or laptop or go on to social media or the internet, I'm finding studies, studies that support, studies that show things that may. And they use these terms, may cause, may this, may that. There's a lot of maybes out there, but there's no, no one really speaks in certainty. Um, and it, that can be a good thing because when people do start to say that there are you know, certainties, like there's no side effects to this or this is not deemed unhealthy or a risk, um, that's where I get my back up because, again, those blanketing terms have been strewn throughout history and have caused great separation within our culture and uh, a lot of strife and misunderstanding. And really, at the end of it, it's it's kind of this necessary turmoil that takes place in order to bring the truth, the transparency to the surface. Um, I'm a firm believer that there's three sides to every story. There's yours, there's mine, and then there's the truth. So these podcasts are designed to get you thinking and to give you information without giving you answers. Um, and it, that it seems like it's benign, but it's not. It's very tactical. Um, It's based on 20 years of having to withdraw previous statements based on new evolving uh, science and uh, um, having, you know, to to really kind of take it on the chin. 
So when it comes to this field of health and wellness and lifestyle, there is no one path. There is only a path chosen by you, putting the pieces together, like Steve Jobs said, connecting the dots and drawing this this picture, having this life behind you that you could feel proud of, where what happened to you, whether it's positive or negative, happened to you because of the choices you made, not the choices that you were forced into, okay? So, you know, I work in nutrition. Uh, nutrition lifestyle is my expertise. Uh, my background in fitness and, you know, I've have worked in a multitude of, of different capacities. But my heart, my soul, my passion has always been nutrition and lifestyle. And at first it was just nutrition. I was all about the science. I just wanted to know, okay, what food was the best? What's the healthiest? And I remember my first major conference that I went to and I asked uh, uh, one of these leading professionals, these experts, and, you know, kind of uh, rock star awestruck and like any geek would be, um, I finally got a moment to step up to the mic and ask this gentleman on stage that I looked up to so much regarding, you know, what is the healthiest food that you could put in your body with, and this is basically verbatim what my question was. What's the healthiest food right now with all the trending superfoods and antioxidants and talk about, you know, this, that, and it was a few years ago, antioxidants were the rage, uh, omega fats, talking about omega-3 fatty acids, and they were just kind of discovering these things. And of course, Everybody gets excited, the media gets a hold of it, and they blow it all up before they really see the full picture, the broad perspective. Um, and he looked at me and he said, it's the one you'll eat. And it blew my mind just how simple it was and how easy that response was. The best fruit or vegetable or natural food for me was the one that I would willingly consume and consume in enough quality and quantity that my body was able to put it to use, right? What we have lost the notion of is that the body has everything figured out. We're screwing it up. We're getting in the way. If you're not healthy, it's because of something that you're doing, not something that your body is doing. It's, a, it's something that's lost in translation. It's a miscommunication. Our bodies are asking us for something and it, it asks uh, through symptomology, and those symptoms can be mild at first, but then like anybody else that's looking for a waiter uh, sitting at a restaurant, eventually you start to get pissed off, and you may like raise your hand or yell, or eventually get up and leave and never come back. And this is what our bodies are dealing with. We get so enamored by the science and right from wrong that we look, we fail to look at um, our needs, our individual uniqueness. So that, that simple transition, uh, that, that simple transaction, that, that change of words between um, an up-and-coming expert and uh, um, someone who's been in the field uh, for quite a while, it, it brought me to this point where, you know what, when you get to the point where you actually know your ass from your elbow and you know what you're doing, you start to fully comprehend and understand that you really don't know anything. You've just accumulated a shit ton of information. And with the experience in dealing with so many individuals, 
you start to learn how to apply that information, how to articulate the information to certain people so that they can take that information. They understand it. Because giving someone a tool to use without teaching them how to use it as, is, is, is as useless as tits on a bolt. Like it's, it, it can be frustrating. It can be actually inflammatory. So without, uh, uh, without a certain perspective, without empathy, without experience... Um, a lot of the science and a lot of the information out there is being used inappropriately. It's being misused, misaligned with individuals. And uh, we're giving individuals tools to apply in order to try and help and facilitate an optimal quality of life. And really the tools are getting in the way, right? If you came to me and you needed to fix your watch and I gave you a hammer because I love hammers. Hammers work for me. And I've read a lot about a hammer so the hammer's the be-all and end-all, I'm going to cause you a world of problem. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cause more damage than I can help you uh, prevent or reverse. So this is, this is where we are when it comes to taboo. I think it's really taboo out there this day to openly admit that you don't know anything. You know, everybody has to have a gimmick in order to be marketable. You know, you're either ketosis or you're paleo or you're vegan or you're, you know, on the other side and you're, you know, meditarian, you know, carnivore. Um, it's, it's getting to that, that tipping point now where we've got all of these different associations. But at the end of the day, guys, it's all about us trying to achieve the same goal. It's health, guys. Like, get your, get your head straight, right? Um... And it's looking at all of these different things. Now, the benefit to nutrition and, and that zealotry associated to it is typically you have to know a lot about the other, right? For someone to become you know, a carnivore, typically they're well-versed in vegan, vegetarian, or other facets of nutrition because they have to defend themselves continuously against that. And the same with the vegan, the same with all the others. Um, but I think what's getting lost along the way is we get caught up in the ideologies, but we don't really stop and ask the body, is this what you really need? Or is this just something that emotionally I'm tied to? Or is this just popular um, right now? Is it hashtagging or trending or whatever you want to say? And we're not really taking the time to ask a few of us out there that have this broad perspective, this experiential learning to be able to sound it off us. You know, what are you dealing with? Um, talk about symptoms. Maybe one might be more advantageous uh, than the other. Like I, I, I work with a myriad of different people that uh, practice all different forms of nutrition and lifestyle. I have, you know, extreme athletes. I've got weightlifters, like, you know, um, national class powerlifters and um, endurance athletes and uh, women that are pregnant and uh, you know men going through uh, gender changes and things like this and all of their nutrition is different based on the body's needs for what it's looking to do and what you're challenging it with and the difference between a challenge and a stress is really the tools right if you give a baseball player the right equipment, um, him or her stepping up to the plate, it's not going to be as stressful when you give them the right tools to use, but it will be hellishly stressful. 
if you send them up to the plate with the wrong tools, right? So um, the taboo is let's not really talk about this. Let's start talking about what it is that we know instead of opening a channel of communication with your clients, with the general public, with you know people that follow you. Uh, being on Facebook and being on Spotify and having access to all of you like this is a huge privilege and it's one that I don't take lightly. So when I discuss and talk about this stuff, you know, everybody I'm, I'm sure is, is sitting on the edge of their seat or they're, you know, decided not to listen because I don't give answers. Oh, here he goes again with his, you know, uh, philosophy <laughs> or his open-ended, you know, um, conversation regarding health and or uh, lifestyle and nutrition. But I don't walk away with any uh, answers. But the thing is, is yes, you, you walk away with information and then that information jumps to the front when the situation presents itself. And then all of a sudden you're now making informed decisions and you're accumulating your identity, right? You're developing your path, your painting, your masterpiece, your project instead of painting by numbers and helping someone else develop theirs or uh, contributing to someone else's when you really need to do this on your own and show others that they can do their uh, their project on their own, right? And then all of a sudden, all of us are sitting, it's like a, a classroom where all the children are engaged in their own pro uh, uh, projects. And the classroom has a certain feeling, a certain noise, a vibration to it. All the kids are being productive. Um, and sure, they help one another, they pass utensils and and you know things like that around when needed to contribute, but they're not over there telling each other what it is that they need to do. Um, someone might cross over and ask a question if the question is is there. Um, but that's that's the the community aspect of it. That's something that is more productive, but yet still allowing the people within that to be individual. And the goal is to at the end of the class when the bell rings to have something to show and chances are those things are going to be uh, similar but um, similar but unique at the same time different colors different shapes okay so this is kind of where we need as people to start focusing is let's open the conversation let's start talking about governmental policies, uh, pharmacy, medications like vaccines and even, you know, um, antidepressants and, and things like this. Let's start opening this conversation up a little bit. Um, we're all too focused on so many mundane, benign things that we're not creating the room needed in order to actually open this up. And I really am adamant when I do my talks about, you know, making this point is a lot of us don't care because we don't have the energy to care, right? We're barely holding on to you know, our day. And to take on the task of understanding, you know, pharmaceutical products, understanding, you know, business, uh, taking one more task onto ourselves. How do I feed my children? How do I feed myself? You know, I'm so concerned on a daily basis. I talk to at least a dozen people that are surprised every day about what it is that they need to eat for supper, 
Right? I had a woman even even in just this morning saying, oh, my husband and I, we sit there and it must be almost an hour that passes by where we're thinking about what it is, you know, what are we going to have for supper? And then I end up eating a couple pieces of toast and he goes out and has a donair. I'm like, are you for real? So I'm going on 46 and I've eaten pretty much every day since I was born. And to honestly, at, at the ripe old age of 45 and a half, come home at the end of the day and be totally T-boned, sideswiped by the idea that, holy shit, I've got to eat. I'm totally unprepared. I didn't see this coming. is absolutely ridiculous. And what it shows is how deprioritized you are, right? And imagine, like a lot of you are probably dog owners. Imagine if you paid that attention to your dog, how compliant and how good your dog would be when you fed the dog whenever the hell you felt like it, whatever you had kicking around the house, right? You would have a very unhealthy animal. You would have a very non-compliant animal. This animal would not go to bat for you. This animal would, the minute you open the gate, would take off, right? There's no loyalty there. There's no consistency. There's no dedication. The body is the animal part of us. I've said this repeatedly, and it's time we fully understand the magnitude of this. The body is the intuitive, it's the animal, ancient part of us. Our brain is the conscious part. So the brain is you. The brain is your ideas, it's your thoughts, it's your you know, vocabulary, it's everything. But the body is what is protecting the brain. It's what keeps the brain going. It's what moves it around your vehicle. It's your trusted companion that will run itself into the ground for you if you ask it to. Our job is to not ask it to. And the two of you have an amazing life and you grow old together. Right? But we're missing that point. So you come home at the end of the day. You have a meal that's prepared. Uh, the meal is approximately at the same time of the day. And it's consistent. All of a sudden, you have an animal that's waiting for you, that's there. Right? It's a reward. Okay, I, had, I did what you asked me to do all day. Aren't I a good boy or girl? Give me my reward. Give me my food. Give me my treat. Give me my sustenance. Give me the ability to be healthy for you so that I can get up tomorrow and do it all over again. And the more that that process takes place, the stronger the bond gets because the, the reliance is there. The, the animal knows that you're there for it. And you know that the animal is there. You come home, you're not stressed. Oh shit, did I leave the gate open? Is Rex or Maggie, you know, have they run? And you come home and because they know that you're going to be home at this time and the meal is going to be there, they're right there waiting for you. They didn't even think about going outside the gate because they're like, why the hell would I go out, the, out of the gate when I get everything I need right here? Okay? So a lot of what we're facing today is just the lack of prioritization. The, we take for granted that we are always going to be here. And um, what we're discovering is that when push comes to shove and you need your body, your body's not there. It's too weak. Um, it's too scarred and it's got a lot of animosity. It's got inflammation. Inflammation is anger in the body. It's, there's symptoms that haven't been addressed. And when you, like the person sitting in the restaurant and the waiter ignores you and or will get to you on his or her own time, not yours, 
and you feel neglected. Um, you feel like you've been uh, uh, discarded. So you get up and leave, or you don't leave a tip, or you know, there's a, a multitude of things that can happen, and we've all been in that situation. So this is what I really would like you to think about this week and what this podcast is about is, you know, there were posts on my page regarding um, uh, Alex Harrison, who is a client and friend um, who's talking to the Toronto Health Board, uh, or Board of Health, in regards to vaccine safety and just raising questions, uh, talking from her personal experience. And I believe that, like there's a whole multitude, there's, there's a ton of different mothers and parents that are addressing their concerns. Um, and I think something like that needs to be watched just to create this two-sided conversation. A one-sided conversation is a lecture or a dictator, right? It's, it's not something that really opens up learning. It's, it's an education of sorts, but it's only one perspective. It's the questioning. It's the standing up to the mic, asking questions like for me, and what changed my world was what is the best fruit or vegetable that anybody or whole food that anybody could consume, right? That one little question and that person's ability, my ability to stand up and ask that question and the individual up there with the expertise and the experience and the insight to be able to answer that question exactly the way that I needed to hear it it changed my entire life. And because of that, I've been able to help others change their lives. So this information that's out there regarding medication, processed food, um, the stuff we're putting in our food, you know, all of these things, diet trends, um, these are all questions that we need to start asking. Is this right for me? What are my other options? Okay. Um, I had a, I, I have a little girl that was diagnosed with ulcerative uh, um, colitis, or sorry, Crohn's, and right off the get-go, the the specialist was all about, you know, biologics. We have to get her on something right now. And he even and sitting in that room, I was I was intimidated. It was really just very black or white. Do this, or I'm not going to treat your daughter with my daughter right in the room. And. Because I am who I am and I was able to advocate and because uh, my daughter's mother was in the room and she knows who I am and she believes in me, she was able to advocate. My daughter was there. She was able to advocate. Eventually, we received a three-month stay and uh, we were able to go through the testing before the actual um, administration of, of these medications that she would be on for the rest of her life, suppressing her immune system. And what it was, was I wanted to treat her metabolically. I wanted to, you know, give her a tool that she was able to apply at this particular juncture to allow her uh, uh, intestine to heal and for her immune system to begin regulating itself. And um, it was poo-pooed on because, you know, this is what he was educated in and this is what I was ed educating in and, and educated in. And there was a little you know, bunting of heads there at, at first, but then eventually it was okay. In three months time, we'll see what happens and we'll take it from there. So in three months time, there was visible improvement. 
um, some biomarkers had changed and it was showing signs that there was you know, a favorable outcome. So we were then passed on to a team of um, experts in that particular field, gastroenterologists. So we were able to go for a second opinion. And that was in, in the duration between appointment A and appointment B and then appointment C, you're looking at about five months. And in that five months, the outcome based on a very experienced team of specialists um, was basically to not treat through pharmacological means, but to continue with the metabolic treatment. And, and it's showing very favorable outcomes. We were able to put our symptoms into remission and eventually she'll go back in and get scoped to see if you know, there has been reversal regarding the damage done to her bowel. Um, and, and, you know, small and large intestine or gastrointestinal tract. So this is what I say to all of you out there is it's not that the experts are, are right and it's not that they're wrong. It's not for me to pass judgment because if in three months my daughter's condition had gotten worse, then hell yeah, I'd be, I'd be you know, administering the medication. I'd be all on board. But I just didn't feel like it was the first line. It was just kind of over overkill. It would be like walking into an argument and punching one of the you know the uh, the individuals engaged in the argument, punching one of them out, and then saying, "Okay, argument's over, problem solved." Right? Um, that's not always the way to end an argument, and especially when you see the potential and the fact that these two things the gut and the immune system, they need to live and work together eventually, right? So, you know, you cannot continue uh, punching one of them out every time they start to wake up. And I didn't believe that suppressing the immune system of a 16-year-old girl um, was a really good idea, first idea, okay? And the, uh, the experts, when we managed to get the file referred and uh, uh, were able to sit down in front. Um, the expert, experts agreed upon that and had seen um, the effects of the metabolic therapy. So this is a great thing for me because um, it validates what I can do. And really, I mean, it changed my daughter's life. So now she has ways of dealing with these things She's been empowered by it, by seeing herself at 16, now 17 years of age, how much influence she has over her own health. So she's starting to see the consequences of her decisions, both favorable and detrimental. So this is what insight, this is what these podcasts, what my online coaching, what everything is really about, is to get people to understand how empowered they actually can be with knowledge, but not with answers. Answers are convenient. Answers are someone else's idea of what should take place and how it should take place. And we need more experts out there that are expert experts in experience. I'm an expert in nutrition and lifestyle, okay? I'm not an expert in giving answers. I'm not an expert in healing. We have to heal as individuals. It's up to us to put foot to pavement Right? It's up to us to put the pieces of the puzzle together. All us experts are about is basically giving you pieces of the puzzle and you know, helping you put them together. But ultimately, you're the one that puts them in the space. It's your hands. Right? You're, you're the one that's living and experiencing this. So um, 
Yeah, I guess really, you know, uh, we kind of skated around and went all over the place in this one. But I feel it's really, really important that we start to think and look for taboo subjects that people are uncomfortable talking about and um, delving into them a little bit more and finding people like myself with these very open-minded concepts that aren't really for or against anything but are just very stoic in regards to, you know what, you do you. And at the end of the day, whether the results are favorable or disfavorable, you can, believe it or not, rest your head to your pillow a little easier knowing that they were your decisions, right? If my daughter's situation had gotten worse because of the decisions that I made, I could almost live with that a little bit more than the decisions I didn't make, right? There's a, there's a saying, um, and it's, it revolves around people that are you know, aging and nearing the end of their life. And they don't regret the things that they've done. They only regret the things that they didn't do. That's the big one. And that, that alone resonates with me. Right? If I had chosen to do nothing you know, in the fire department, in the armed forces, and as a nutritionist, as a father, um, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. But yet if I had done something and made a mistake, um, I could live better with that and maybe even correct it because it was me that did it, right? What I did, I can undo. The health or the lack of health that I created, I can reverse engineer because I'm the one that did it. The more outside influences I have, the less control I have, which means the less ability I have to turn the wheel around, right? If you're sitting in the backseat of a bus and that bus is about to go over the cliff, it's a hell of a lot harder to take control of the wheel and turn that bus around than it would be if you were in the driver's seat, okay? Anyway, so that's the episode for today, everybody. I want to thank you again for continuing to listen. I appreciate each and every one of you. And um, I'm trying to get the content and get this stuff out as much as possible. Matt and I are looking at uh, putting together a live event where um, we're going to invite people to the stage and have a live debate with uh, some experts in particular fields. So uh, stay tuned for that. We'll be posting and talking about locations and things like that in the venue, uh, time and date. So uh, anyway, thanks everybody and uh, we'll talk to you soon.